Spotlight with Sarah Hendy. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Hello and welcome to Spotlight. You're right, I'm not Sarah. It's Howard standing in whilst Sarah suffers with what a good Manxie might call the murren. Get well soon, gal, I think is the right response. So this evening, we're heading back to the 70s as we hear of a local production of an iconic play. Also catching up with new Manx bard Owen Atkinson, courtesy of our friends at Gullisgacken. And don't forget, if you want to catch the programme again, you can download the podcast from the Manx Radio website. But first this evening... The Shirtliffs are a very creative family here on the island. 16-year-old Xander was crowned Manx Youth Bard in 2020, while his mum Jacqueline, a published poet herself, is part of an exciting international webzine which launched last month. Teacher Mrs Shirtliff joined Christy on late lunch to talk about the dirigible balloon and introduced the project by reading a poem written by the webzine's founder, Jonathan Humble, and the piece is called, rather fittingly, The Dirigible balloon. With our sandwiches packed and our bottles of juice under fluffy white clouds in the sun, we all climb aboard this balloon of delight in search of new places and fun. With friends by our sides, happy faces all round and excitement in everyone's eyes, our dirigible lifts off the ground like a bird to adventure high up in blue skies. By Jonathan Humble. What is the dirigible balloon? The dirigible balloon is a poetry webzine full of poems for children. There's now over 80 poems for children on this webzine and some of them are written by established poets and some of them are written by new poets like myself. So it's a huge variety of poems up there. And it was set up by that very poem. It was set up by Jonathan and so he wrote this poem really to to launch. The first flight was on the 1st of August and there's a new flight today, the 1st of September. We always launch on the 1st of every month and a number of poets who, who who are on board and were on board before so and and some artists as well because some of the poems are illustrated and you are one of these poets how did you get to be involved with this i got involved because it's quite hard there's not many openings for children's poets uh, lots of openings if you're an adult poet uh, writing for adults for magazines and and websites but children's poetry there's only really one magazine the caterpillar magazine which is based in ireland to really have your writing on uh, some some mag- magazines in America and some websites but very very few and so Jonathan as a retired deputy head teacher I think he he is he decided when he retired that one of the things he would do would be to set up this webzine which would help writers to have somewhere to put their writing and children to have somewhere where they could have very easy access to poems. Uh, One of the very special things is that the poets have read their poems as well so if your reading isn't quite so up to scratch that doesn't matter you can just press the the play button and the the writer, the poet, will read it for you. It's really clever. And it must be an excellent way to be able to communicate and interact with children using poetry because it is a different way to get ideas across, to get themes across, to, to speak to them. Yes, it's very, very succinct. And I think you can encapsulate ideas and feelings as well as funny stories. You have to think very carefully about the words you're going to use because you haven't got many words to use. Uh, And so you can speak really to people's feelings and to their hearts, I think. And when did you start writing poems? Mm, Well, the honest answer would be when I was very small, about five or six, when I was first writing, I found an old poetry book. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, I like candles because of handles was was the poem. (laughs) But uh, I started to pick it up again, maybe 
mm, I try to be a children's writer of stories, but they take a long time to write. And because I work full time, as I did more and more teaching, I thought a poem is much faster. I can write a poem, mm, quick ones, maybe in a few hours. Sometimes they take several days, several hours over several days, but much quicker than writing a story and much easier to edit. Uh, So I guess maybe four or five years started to think about writing poetry. And what inspires your poems? What sort of themes, what sort of topics do you touch on? Okay, lots of times in the classroom. There's funny things that happen. Um, and so I'll take... Because you are, you are in the classroom. I am a teacher, teacher. yes. I, I teach uh, in, in Glenvine, uh, which is hugely helpful to be in a teaching position. And yes, uh, because you've got so many ideas and things that children say. Just, it's a gift, really. So. And uh, But also being out in the countryside. So there's things out in the countryside that would inspire me. I write about the sea because we live by the seaside. When I used to take our dog for the walk you'd see all sorts of things early in the morning or late at night it's a bit scary down the dark dark lane and especially children uh, would be very scared Uh, you can write about all sorts of things like that and I've been looking at this website, The Dirigible Balloon, this webzine. It is absolutely wonderful. And there's such a variety of poetry on there. Mm. It's rich with different styles yes. and different genres and different themes. Mm. So there's so much for children to enjoy. But also, as you mentioned, this could be an excellent resource for the schoolroom. Yes, I, I struggled last year that uh, I had some children uh, who are just at that age where they're beginning to read, but not always very confident with their reading or couldn't read for a sustained amount of time. And I like to encourage a lot of poetry reading and writing in my classroom uh, and it's hard to access if you can't read the poems and so it would be it would be lovely to be able to just say have this laptop we have lots of laptops and ipads in schools and this is this is the website and you can choose any of these poems and you can listen to any of them and i'll see you again in 20 minutes you know um could be really lovely and in our in my classroom we have a time each week where we choose a favorite poem which we copy into a book it's make our own anthology and then decorate it illustrate it so at the end of the year you've got your own anthology of your favorite poems so we have lots of poetry books but also next year i shall be using this this webzine for children to choose some of their favorite poems as well And it's a sort of perfect combination, really, isn't it, of the traditional with poetry, but bringing it right up to date. Because we we know that kids are always on their digital devices. They're always Mm -hmm. on their iPads or on their parents' phones or whatever. So this sort of links the two together. So it makes poetry still very accessible for the modern child. I think so. I think maybe there is a bit of a revolution, a mini revolution, maybe in poetry. The Manx Bard is really up and coming and the the Manx Youth Bard. Uh, It seems as though poetry is an okay thing to do nowadays whereas maybe 10 years ago it was all a bit bit of a, a niche a bit of a niche thing but now it's it's quite acceptable I think so if there are any you mentioned the youth bar there if there are any young avid writers listening what sort of advice might you have for them I would say read lots and lots of poetry. Uh, That would be the first advice for any writer, whether adult or children. Read lots of poetry. Write down your thoughts just as they come. Don't worry too much about rhyming. Children love poems that rhyme, but it's quite hard to make poems rhyme. I use a rhyming dictionary or you can uh, you can on online there are lots of rhyming websites that will give you the rhymes so that's my mum said oh it's a bit cheating I think that's not if it's there it's a, it's a tool isn't it so read lots just write your ideas down and you will get better and better the more you write and the more you read the better you will you will get at your writing and some days it just works and a poem will pop out and some days you're really struggling in which case leave it another day and come back another day I would say Oh, well, I'm delighted to say we're going to hear one of your poems in just a moment. But before we do, what would you say that you, Jacqueline Shirtliff, actually get out of writing poetry yourself? 
I really take uh, pleasure in creating things. I, I, I like to do things with my hands. I like to make music. But when you've written a poem and you think, oh, that really works, it, it's a great sense of achievement. And also I do love to read my poems. I love to perform them in the classroom. I love it when children, you get a reaction from children. Either they laugh or they suddenly get the joke at the end of the poem. It, it's, it's a great way of communicating, I think. Oh, inspiring in itself. OK, well, let's then hear a poem that you have brought in. What are we going to hear? This is uh, called Thank You, Dear Rubber. Uh, we've all got rubbers at school. Some teachers allow them, some don't, to rub out your mistakes. But this is, this is a letter to a rubber. Thank you, dear rubber. Dear rubber, my friend, I am writing to you to thank you sincerely for all that you do. I'm grateful for how you erase my mistakes. I'm often surprised at how many I make. The back-to-front numbers I'm not sure of yet. The full stops and capitals I sometimes forget. When I've missed out whole words or mixed up my letters, you're always there to make everything better. Dearest Rubber, I am also writing to you to ask if there's anything more you can do. When I've hurt someone badly, I'm lazy or rude. I've fought with my mum or been in a cross mood. Those days I've been grumpy and mean or uncaring. Used nasty words or not felt like sharing. There are plenty more things I feel awful about. Please, could you rub all these mistakes out? With best wishes, your hopeful friend. Jacqueline Shirtlift there with a poem for all the children going back to school today. You can find the webzine by visiting dirigibleballoon, all one word, dot org. While we're on the subject of poetry, the new Manx Bard was announced live here on Manx Radio with our pals Clarkie and Phil and Gulskagen. Faster my Phil. Faster my uh, Tammy Brow. Um, what had Manx Radio done, given me the ability to do live broadcasts into a show? Yeah, me shocking. slaving away here, and you <laughs> living it up with tea and cake. Yes, living it up. Cake. There's a, you've never seen the lovely cake we've been eating down here. Got an important announcement to make. Well, yes, yes, I am about to introduce you to the seventh Manx Bard. Uh, so this afternoon we've had the, the ceremony, the unveiling of the, the, the new Manx Bard. Uh, Zoe, Zoe uh, Cannell was the sixth Manx Bard, and uh, uh, we have a new Manx Bard, and uh, it's Owen. Uh, Owen Atkins, Atkins or Atkinson? Atkinson? Atkinson, sorry, I keep forgetting names. Um, so, Owen, tell us, tell us about your feelings. Um, I mean, I'm overwhelmed. I, I didn't necessarily expect this. I mean, I know I went for, for it, but I, I told myself to go in with zero expectations. But here we are. Um, and it's, it's a huge honour, obviously. Um, I'm overwhelmed and I'm very, very grateful um, that I've been chosen. And a very worthy uh, recipient, it's fair to say. We are going to hear later from the, the judges who, who actually judge the competition. Um, but uh, the, the little bit that we did hear um, um, today uh, during the ceremony was uh, very encouraging. I mean, obviously, there's been a really stiff competition. There were something like uh, 23 entries, I think, and uh, narrowed down to eight on the shortlisting. And then uh, you, you were the successful candidate. So how, how long have you been um, writing, um, performing uh, poetry? Um, so I've been writing for a few years. I mean, you know, we all do it um, at, at school um, and then 
I've, I've been back on the island around 18th and um, I started writing again at, at university but I'm um, coming back to the Isle of Man um, I found a lot of um, inspirations to write over here so definitely a lot more over the past um, year and a half but for a few years definitely and, and what does inspire you what what are the things that uh, make you want to write you know what what what, what sort of uh, messages are you trying to to, to put, uh, portray through your your um, artistic endeavors um, that's a very broad question. <laughs> um, I don't always go in with a specific message that I want to portray. Um, I mean, you're capturing a moment or you're capturing an emotion. Um, I, I was thinking before about uh, how I create poetry and how I write. And generally, it comes from a moment, a line, a, a feeling, um, an interaction. Um, and then, yeah, you just take it from there. I never go in very rarely go in with a specific intention I just write what I write and art is um, interpretive and what people take from it is what they take <laughs> and, and how important is poetry? I mean a lot, lot of um, people would probably look at poetry and think oh that's not for me, it's a bit highfalutin and, and uh, too fancy for, for, for the likes of me um, uh, what, would, what would you say to people who would, who would have that dismissive um, uh, sort of attitude to, towards poetry? Um, I would say that poetry is a lot broader than you think it is and poetry can really be anything. I mean, I don't... Um, even just the fact that most people think that po poetry has to rhyme. Most of the poetry I write doesn't have to rhyme. Um, it, as long as you're getting your feelings out on a page with words, probably in lines, it's poetry. So um, poetry can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be. Um, and um, one of the things that I'm hoping to do as Manx Bard is to... Um, reach poetry into as many areas of Manx life and society as possible. So you're going to recite for us uh, a couple of uh, poems um, and uh, I, I know everyone here um, this afternoon has really enjoyed listening to your poetry um, so I'll, I'll um, hand the microphone over and uh, see how we go. Right, okay, so this first poem um, I wrote last summer looking out um, over the valley um, from my garden in Laxey um, and it's called Summer Evening Sky and the title is fairly self-explanatory. A summer evening sky is full of possibilities. The light is blue, purple, lilac and I can do anything. There are so few cars at this time that for once I'm sure I can hear the sea even when I can't see it, behind the overgrown hedges. Summer evening sky and the light across the valley is even brighter than here. Yellow and orange still linger. Recently, I realized that I know the smell of rain. And now I think I know the smell of dusk. As colors fade and the world turns to black and white, I wonder, is the grass really still green? Or does it look green to me because I know it is? The sky is still blue and the clouds grey. That is certain. Why do we say blue is a sad colour when tonight it is so pretty? Can we stay up past sundown, past nightfall, past the slowly looming lull? For light will creep in again before it's really left. Let's stay up till sunrise and do it all again. 
not go to bed until the next summer evening sky. So why can't we be? The birds are awake, so why can't we be? I sit and write and watch them fly. Soon the day will begin again. But for now, it's me, a book and a pen, and the summer evening sky. That's fantastic, wonderful poem. Really, really like that uh, a, a lot. Um, and you've got another poem for us. This is me trying to um, experiment with structure. Um, so the poem is called uh, Treadler. I know that I can always turn to fields of heather, gorse and fern. Forever sure I've got this place, a calm and peaceful breathing space, an atmosphere that's crisp and clear, where urban stresses disappear in horizontal hail or rain. I hear an echoing refrain. Ellen Vannin, lungs expanding. This land I love, there's time enough. Sea breeze, soft ease. Home. That's fantastic. Owen Atkinson, 7th Manx Bard. How does that sound? It sounds pretty wonderful, I'm not going to lie. Um, and as, as I said before, overwhelmed is probably the word I'll, word I'll be using the most over the next few days, weeks. <laughs> well, Guramayu, thanks very much for, for talking to Gullas Gagan. Thank you so much for, um, for talking to me. <laughs> Philly Gorn there, talking to new Manx bard Owen Atkinson. And don't forget, you can catch Phil and Clarkie every Sunday afternoon, 4pm in Gullas Gagan. You won't regret it. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, cast your minds back to the 1970s, if you will, the decade that taste forgot. There can't be many who haven't heard of the iconic play of those years, Mike Lee's Abigail's Party. And next month, you'll have a chance to see a new local production of that play and raise money for a great local cause at the same time. I caught up with play director Laura Jones. It was one of the first TV plays I'd ever seen. Um, it was originally an improvisation a stage play um, and then it was made into Play for Today which was transmitted originally in 1977 with the famous Alison Steadman as Beverly. Um, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful play. It's a very simple story. It's um, a dinner party. Well, it's not a dinner party, it's a drinks party with a a couple who really don't like each other, frankly. It's a very funny, simple story, brilliantly woven. It's hosted by this overbearing character, Beverly Moss, and her very uptight and pretentious husband, uh, Lawrence. And they've invited their neighbours, Angela and Tony, and divorcee Sue, whose daughter Abigail is actually having the party, to come along and have a few drinks and nibbles. So as the evening wears on and Beverly is plying them all with alcohol and nibbles, a series of arguments ensues and it just all goes horribly wrong. There's a very unexpected end to the evening. So um, obviously all the funds we're raising for, from this theatre fundraiser are for Roy Castle. That's Roy Castle in the Isle of Man, so all funds do stay in the Isle of Man to support local patients and their families. And over the last 30 years, Roy Castle Foundation has raised over 30 million in lung cancer research, focusing on the two primary areas, and that's early detection of lung cancer and improving the patient experience. So this means that every research project that we fund, every step that we take closer to the new diagnostic techniques, and every life we save is because of the donations we receive from all our supporters, 
Uh, that's individual supporters and corporate ones. So please do come along and watch this fantastic show this autumn. We've just got a brilliant cast. We've got Howard Kane. Who? <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> As Lawrence. We've got Rachel Jockin uh, playing the wonderful Beverly. We've got the, um, Sharon and John Walker playing Angela and Tony. And we've got wonderful Alison Quayle, who's playing Sue. I'm directing it, and we'd love to see you there. It's going to be held at Onken Methodist Hall on the 14th, 15th and 16th of October. You can don 70s attire if you like, and you'll be treated to 70s music. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, so we are, it is iconically in the 70s, so you're not trying to update it, you're staying very much no, there. absolutely true to the script, absolutely down to um, every element. So you'll be treated to 70s music, memories and great acting. And it's about, in a way, as you were saying, hinting at the play itself, it's a lot about sort of social manners in many ways, isn't it? It's sort of this yes. slight one-upmanship. And... Absolutely. It's like, it's a satire. And it is a black comedy, really, because, as I said, there is an ending which is unexpected. But it's, yes, one-upmanship, you know, ooh, the Joneses. What have they got? What have we got? Um, and the, the hosts, in their own particular ways, are boasting about that. Particularly Beverly, who is very nouveau riche, and she loves to you know, flaunt herself <laughs> over one of the, uh, one of the guests, <laughs> particularly, but also her, all her house and everything she's got. And actually, it's all, it's all very fake. And it's all very, as you said, nouveau riche and um, aspirational. And yeah. it's Mike Lee, uh, who obviously wrote the original play, well-known playwright. But as you're saying, it sort of came through, as I understand it, through improvisation. So he yes, comes up yeah. with the concept. Yes. And then the actors and actresses... That's sort it. Of... They worked on it extensively for, for months. Um, I watched a really interesting documentary about their process. And, you know, it was down to getting um, Lawrence and... Beverly to actually go shopping together and choosing the items for the set. You know, uh, it's very much um, character acting, very much thinking, you know, how, what would Beverly choose? What would Lawrence choose? And extensive um, improvisation work. But as I said, what was, how it was really made famous and, and catapulted and into, into the kind of TV world was this play for today. I remember it. Yeah, I do, I do, <laughs> I do. I was seven, my mum and dad let me watch it, it was great. <laughs> I still have it on VHS tape, would you yeah. believe? That's uh, going <laughs> well, back Well, we had a Betamax, so, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah, terrifying. I honestly played it over and over again, and I used to pretend to be her, you know, seven and eight-year-old, and flaunting around like Alison Beverly. Stedman, I don't, I don't know if she's ever done anything better, has she? I think it's that iconic role. I don't I think don't it's think ever... So. She's no. never managed to sort of shake it off, I think. No, no, and, um, and rightly so. It's absolutely brilliant. It is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Suitable for everyone, would you say? A whole family or more for adults? I would say um, adults, really, because there, there is, um, there's a few adult themes. Um, not an extensive amount of swearing or anything, but there, it, is, it is an adult. It is an adult show. And as you say, there's, there's definitely comics, a, a comedy or a comedy of manners, I suppose you would call it, with, yeah, something of a black theme. So uh... Yes, yes. And it, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a psychological analysis of couples and how they interact as well. There really is something for everyone, and it is just riotously funny, actually. It's very funny. And the way the guys are doing it through rehearsals, it's going to be great. And just mentioning it again, you're saying the great thing is, of course, it is all being done for a great cause and all the money staying here. Absolutely. All the money raised. Um, the tickets, incidentally, are £12 each. You can get them through myself, that's Laura Jones, on 07624 331 389, or Roy Castle slash Abigail's Party. 
and you can book them online that way. Uh, the Thursday, Friday or Saturday option, and we'd love to see you there. And the burning question, of course, is will you be able to get a cheesy pineapple one? Oh, absolutely. Oh, there'll be plenty of those boys. <laughs> Who can't resist a bit of Demis Roussos and a cheesy pineapple one? Answers on a postcard, please. That's about it for this week's Spotlight. Hopefully, normal service will be resumed next week. Until then, cheerio. <laughs>